Hello and welcome to Early Childhood Ireland's podcast. Our podcast features interviews and discussions on all issues relating to quality early learning and care with a range of speakers who are leaders in the areas that matter to Early Childhood Ireland members. I'm Maura Corbett and I work with Early Childhood Ireland. In this episode, I'm delighted to be chatting with Cathy Steenson and Brittany Cusick. Cathy is the Early Years Manager in CARS Child and Family Services, and she's worked in the community sector of um, Early Years for the last 20 years. She returned to uh, formal education in 2012 and uh, received a BA in Early Childhood Teaching and Learning from Maynooth University. And in 2021, she dipped her toe in the water some more and graduated from TU Dublin with an MA in Child, Family and Community Studies, and her dissertation focused on how children aged three to five living in homeless accommodation are involved in the decisions which affect their early day, everyday lives. <laughs> Brefni previously has a BA in business administration and she worked in the corporate world for many years before coming to CARS. But she always had an interest in early childhood development, so she decided to retrain and she qualified in childcare and then carried on and did certification in play therapy. But she also has an interest in food and cookery. So she combined all of those and subsequently qualified in culinary skills. So all these interests brought her to CARS. She's working in the setting for four years. And while she's there, she's developed a nutrition program which covers growing food, harvesting food, menu planning, uh, supporting children to recognize food and cookery. So... Following on from our last episode with Professor Laura Lundy and Anne O'Donnell about the national strategy on children and young people's participation in decision making, I suppose we wanted to look at how this can happen in practice, how it can happen every day, giving children real opportunities to participate in their settings. So I'm really looking forward to chatting with Cathy and Brethany, and you're both really welcome. Thank you, Maura. Thank you. Hi, Maura, and thank you, and thank you to Early Childhood Ireland for giving us this um, space to highlight something we're really proud of that we do every day in practice in our service, and we we're glad to have the opportunity to share it with everybody else. Yeah, and it's great um, to hear from from practice. So, Cathy, um, could you tell me a bit about yourself and your setting? Well, I suppose your setting will want to talk about your research in a second. Yeah, hi. Um, as Maura said, my name is Cathy Steenson. Um, I'm the Early Years Manager in CARS Child and Family Service. Our service is a TUSLA-funded service and we offer support to vulnerable families and children, many of whom are living in homeless accommodation. And uh, so, Cathy, how many children do you have? Do they come for full days, parties? Yeah. We have 25 children um, at most um, and they age between, we could have babies from like a week old until they go to school, until they're ready to go to school at five. Um, so we're a bit different in that we can have babies straight from hospital because of the nature of our service. There's three different parts to our service. There is the early years part, there is um, supportive housing part where families live for 18 months um, with the help of family support. Um, we also have an assessment unit where families are sent, usually court-directed or um, for a family assessment for 12 weeks. So we'd have a combination of all those children or else just children that have been referred, usually by the social workers or the public health nurse. 
So a huge range of family support services going on in addition to the um, kind of more regular early years. Um, and so it's clear that it's from that background that uh, your research question for your master's grew. Can you tell us about your master's? What drew you to that um, <clears throat> that question, um, the, the topic of, res- of children's participation? What did you find out? I'm dying to hear about that. Okay, so we all know that the foundation for virtually every aspect of human development is laid in early childhood. What happens in early childhood has lifelong effects on many aspects of health and well-being. My research aimed to explore if giving young children a voice in decisions that affect their daily lives not only benefits them as they grow and learn in their early years, but that it will remain as a resilient factor throughout their lives. Latest Irish studies show that in Ireland, in Ireland, children are the fastest growing group living in emergency and temporary accommodation. So this number supports the necessity to include these children in decisions which affect their daily lives. Um, My research focused on the participation of young children aged between three and five years of age and who are currently living in homeless accommodation. This then gave me a deeper understanding of of how parents and professionals who have contact with these children view including them in decisions that affect their daily lives. For children living in homeless accommodation, their home environment may not always feel like a safe space. The participants of my research highlight that a lack of space for children living in homeless accommodation was a huge concern. This affirmed the importance of the space provided in the early year setting. The early years environment can provide a safe physical space in which children can express themselves. Children need to feel this safety and feel secure before any learning can take place. Involving children in decision-making will help them to feel a sense of security and belonging. To engage young children in having a voice, the language we use must be kept simple. For this, the Lundy model, 2007 model of child participation, offers a child-friendly framework to promote participation. Lundy argues that children's right to a voice must be facilitated by child-friendly information. Time to understand the issues that affect them, and fun activities to elicit their views. It is not enough to listen to children's voices. Adults need to respond and show they have heard the child's voice. Implementing this model into practice demonstrates how including children in this process is not complicated and can be a simple everyday practice, putting children's rights at the centre. Brefney will now give a lovely example of how child participation is promoted in our setting through the four elements of the Lundy model. Space children, which um, states that children must be given safe, inclusive opportunity to to inform and express their view. A voice where children must be facilitated to to form their view. An audience, the audience must be listened to and influenced. The view must be acted on as an appropriate. So Brefney's will go through her steps that we use to provide all these elements of the model to get the end results. Yeah, that that was a great overview, Kathy, and you know, I'm, I'm glad you simplified it. That you mentioned it isn't, you know, once you get into the habit of doing it, it's not, it's not needn't be complicated. So, uh, thanks for for that overview. And yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing from you too, Brefney, because in Kathy's blog for uh, Schaelter Early Childhood Ireland's blog, she 
mentioned the lovely example and the lovely simple everyday example of um, one of the ways that you do it in cars. So, yeah, looking forward to hearing this. Okay, Moira. So um, essentially, as you said, um, my um, uh, my journey here to cars and uh, to being a, a cog in this um, um, child participation and development arena was from my interest in um, in children in their development, their early childhood development, and also. Um, in particular with those who have experienced some form of the many guises of uh, early childhood trauma. Um, But that in in combination with my own personal interest and um, uh, hobby, really, um, that is uh, food and um, it's central to all of our lives. And of course, it's one of the most basic things that's central to um, a child's early childhood development. So um, in joining CARS and with um, the abundant encouragement um, and support from Cathy and also from the rest of my colleagues here, uh, an idea that began as quite a simple routine um, has kind of developed into a a more comprehensive program. And it involves four main elements. food recognition, which of course is the raw ingredients and flavors that are um, involved in the meals that we uh, make and eat. Um, Our weekly menu choice um, with Mr. Broccoli Head and our food book, which I'll explain now in just a moment. Um, Our garden to fork, which is essentially planting, growing, harvesting, cooking and eating. And then finally, our cooking and baking together. And through these four elements, the children become familiar with all the aspects of food, from selection to preparation to consumption. But most importantly for us here, it's the key to our program, and that is um, it's all developed with the children's participation. They have an active role with me and are directly involved in the decision-making process on a very primary event that affects their daily lives the right to a nutritious meal. So as a result, all aspects of food and nutrition with the children are made fun and exciting for them because they are intrinsically involved in the process throughout. By being given an opportunity to be involved in the decision-making, which I'm going to explain to you now with their menu selection, um, and being able to express their opinions, and be listened to, they develop a sense of belonging. And uh, it's a sense of importance that what they say and what they feel matters and has a concrete, tangible result in the form of fresh, homemade, nutritious meals that they select for our menu each week and that they then eat. Um, So... um, just before I describe how we go about that with Mr. Brockleyhead and our food book, um, I thought I might just mention that um, the, 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 the foods are all um, fresh, uh, homemade, nothing is prepackaged, nothing is processed. And um, so what's vital with that is um, 
encouraging the children to recognize fresh ingredients and the journey of those fresh ingredients to the final meal that they then enjoy. Um, for a great many uh, young children, um, fresh natural ingredients can be something that is very unfamiliar to them. And um, what we try to promote here is that they actually are involved in and are have an opportunity to discover, recognize um, raw ingredients and associate them with the flavors that they then enjoy to eat. Um, so uh, over the past four years, I've devised um, some different healthy, nutritious ways of making um, foods that are their favorites, that they do ordinarily um, recognize and are familiar with, but in a more nutritious and um, health-packed way. So just as one example, um, our pesto pasta here, uh, which is something that they adore, um, is while familiar looking, uh, it's green, it's tasty, it smells good to eat, um, is in fact uh, not your typical pesto pasta. It's fresh spinach, fresh broccoli, fresh garlic, fresh olive oil, all pureed together into something that resembles very closely what they would typically recognize as pesto pasta, but that um, in actual fact, um, it's it's just packed with nutrition and uh, health. And in the same way with our chicken curry, as an example, it looks orange, it smells like your typical uh curry takeaway, but in actual fact, it's all fresh, um, raw ingredients, sweet potato, uh, carrots, onions, coriander, coconut milk. And um, they, they, they recognize the smell, they recognize the look, but that the food itself is actually packed with nutrition. And so what this has to do with and why I'm, I'm describing that to you first is that um, over these years, I've actually photographed and um, uh, correlated, laminated these images of the raw ingredient, um, the, the, the journey of that raw ingredient to becoming the meal that they then choose and um, enjoy. And uh, I've taken photographs of absolutely everything um, and uh, laminated it all. And we've created a what we call our food book, and it's with that that we actually choose our menus every week. And uh, so not only are they seeing the image of the food that they enjoy, but they're also um, being exposed to the ingredients that they then can recognize as being part of their the, the meal that they love. So every Friday, I join with the children and we either sit in the classroom on the floor together um, or out in the garden with our food book and also with our Mr. Broccoli head. Um, and uh, the children take it in turns um, going through the book, choosing the, the, the meal that they would like to have for the following week and um, telling Mr. Broccoli head uh, what they have selected. So this is twofold. Mr. Broccoli head is actually... Um, he has two jobs. Um, 
the first one is that in seeing him arrive on a Friday, they recognize that it's now time for us to sit down and make some decisions. Um, so they almost instinctively um, recognize that it's time for making choices. It's their time to, uh, to, to participate. Um, the second use of Mr. Brockley is, as you can imagine, with three, four, five-year-olds, um, patience and uh, turn-taking can be extremely challenging. And um, with Mr. Brockley Head, they each take it in turns to hold him, to speak to him in his ear, to tell him what they've chosen, and to show him in the book what they've chosen for the following week. And we then sorry, um, can I just ask sorry, what size of a group? Sure. What size of a group of children would this be? Um, there's usually there's usually about ten, but okay. there can be up to there can be up to fifteen children, but usually about ten. Okay. Um, okay. And so when we've chosen and everybody's had an opportunity to participate and everybody's had an opportunity to give their 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 choice. Mr. Broccoli then rereads all of their choices and we clap and cheer at each one of the children's choices. And this is actually vital. It's actually the real reason for the um, uh, for us doing this. It's to give them very much needed um, positive reinforcement that they have made a choice. They have participated we have listened and there is a tangible result to to that happening and um uh, although it's simplistic in its form actually uh it's 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 key to what they're learning with child participation in that environment um then just um expanding on that um we actually have a um a veg a very simple vegetable and fruit patch, which the children um, have uh, been directly involved in planting, growing, and then finally, excitingly, harvesting. And um, the, the experience of children um, actually digging in the soil and finding the treasures underneath and, and um, pulling them out with their own hands, and then associating that with what they then eat later is um, it's pretty magical because uh, there's a real sense of wonder and um, the, the enjoyment is um, is incredible not just for them but for ourselves the adults also um, and so then extended on that they then are part of the the, the cleaning process the the um, the uh, preparation process and and then of course finally eating. Um, now, that's a special occasion. Obviously, it's the time of the year when you actually can harvest. That doesn't happen every Friday, but um, it is part of the program that we're that we're developing here. So we have our um, let's call it garden to fork in the sense that it's the planting through to the eating. Uh, we have our menu selection, which is very child centered and is um, with their child participation being vital, um, they see the tangible result of that. And so the girls and 
have actually expanded on that in the classroom, have uh, created a, a Monday to Friday menu board. They have um, made copies of the laminated images of the food uh, from our food book. And they've also laminated photos of the children so that after we've made um, our, our choices for the following week, um, each of the children that week place the ima their image with the food that they have chosen on the day that it's going to be eaten. And so it's a very direct um, correlation between their choice making, their decision making, and um, being a central part of that and seeing the, 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 the tangible, visible result of that. And so um, it, it, it's kind of really uh, fleshed out the whole, the whole concept of child participation in that. Um, and then, of course, um, we have uh, the cooking and baking. And we cook and bake together, uh, usually every two months or so. Um, the children don their aprons and their chef hats, and um, we we actually uh, cook or bake something special together. Um, that in itself is such a great child participation activity related to food, in the sense that it uses all of those um, vital uh, development skills of physical, emotional, cognitive, communicative, all of that is involved in cooking and baking together. And also it's, um, it's, it's something that brings out and encourages their social interaction with each other um, uh, in a really fun way that they enjoy. And again, there's the tangible result, the visible result um, that after they've completed it and when it's been baked or cooked, they then eat it. So um, essentially, those are the four aspects of what we cover here. It's the food recognition of the raw ingredients and the flavors. It's the weekly menu with Mr. Broccoli Head um, and our food book, which is essential. It's the garden to fork, the planting, growing and eating. And then it's the cooking and baking with me. So they're involved in all four aspects of that. And all, all um, four steps. Yes. And, and, yeah. and they, they can see the result. Um, yeah, I, I think that idea of showing the children, giving them an appreciation of the the step before the supermarket that that often children who live in cities and towns don't realize. And as somebody who lives on a farm myself, I've you know I've shown my children, my friends, children around maybe, and they kind of they're stunned to realize that milk comes from a cow rather than a, a carton kind of thing. Yeah. So I think that that's really great. I also love the idea of um, Mr. Broccoli, that um, mm -hmm. I think broccoli can be a much maligned vegetable as a broccoli lover myself. Absolutely. So give it, giving children a, a sense that broccoli is nice is, is a, a, good. a good one. It's yep. good. I thank you both so much for that um, really comprehensive uh, take on the importance of supporting children's participation and giving us, you know, really tangible um ways in which that can be done you know talk I know not every setting might um, have the resources uh, to be able to put in place a program 
uh, with all the four steps, but, you know, involving the children in cooking and baking and understanding that, you know, there are steps before food comes into the home or the setting um, involving children in menu planning. There are so many simple ways, like Kathy said there, that that children can be encouraged. And that gives them, you know, I think a great sense that they can be involved and participate and express an opinion in other areas of their lives when they're given the tools and the uh, recognition that they have a voice and that they're visible and that that matters. And I think it was Kathy mentioned that the link that that has to well-being so you know which is a really important part of developing resilience so I think you've both given us uh, loads to think about and and talk about there and thank you both very very much for that and uh, thank you for listening to Early Childhood Ireland's podcast and uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast please tell your friends and colleagues and we hope you'll join us